The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. It's going to be a tough market grain talk today. Arlen Suderman is joining us with FC Stone. And I, I should say, if you're a livestock producer and you're purchasing some grains right now, you're probably happy. But the flip side to that, Arlen, is these grain guys really took it hard today. They really did. And it reminds me of what uh, a mentor of mine told me one time year, many years ago is there are just some days it's just better to turn off the monitor and uh, go do some work, do something else, and uh, because it's just ugly. And today was one of those ugly days. Uh, when you search for reasons, it really comes back to uh, the nature and the makeup of our markets today. Computer trade makes up majority of trading that goes on. There's billions of dollars behind those computers. In other words, for those computers to either be long or short or bought or sold in the markets. Uh, and uh, they tend to trade momentum. And when momentum gets established in one direction, be it up or in this case down, they will tend to trade that momentum and push that momentum until something happens to change the dynamics. Because as long as that momentum continues, they can make money continuing to push that momentum. And that's how they're programmed. That's how they operate. And uh, we really saw that play out today. And not just today. That's been a factor of late. And the momentum is kind of growing to the downside right now until we get some type of trigger mechanism uh, to turn things around. Now, you talk about those trigger mechanisms. And you and I were talking uh, before we started the final bell. Um, Two things obviously came to mind, uh, China and weather. And we all wait with bated breath on both. Yeah, absolutely. You always look at what might happen to turn things around. And traditionally in agriculture, we think of weather. Uh, weather stories tend to develop slowly over time. Headlines can turn a market more on a dime and very quickly if they're significant enough. So you think what could, what are possibilities of things that could create a headline turn this momentum around and the easiest thing to think about would be china trade negotiations if we would suddenly hear china come in and commit to buying uh 10 million metric ton of u.s corn that would be a significant turning event one would think uh if you would hear that uh we actually have a trade agreement that's going to be signed and the summit is on march 27th that would be something that would be seen as something positive Although this market tends to be a little bit on the skeptical side, not just wanting to say we got an agreement, not just wanting to say China's promised to buy some, it wants to see actual shipments, but at least that would cause those who are shorting the market to pause and say, maybe we need to reconsider the size of our short or sold positions. So those are the things we looked at. We do have a USDA report on Friday. It's become almost an afterthought. We've only had one WASD report since December because of the partial government shutdown. And we've tended to forget about these, but we do have one coming up on Friday. It is possible we could have a significant surprise in that report that could turn this, these dynamics as well. Although when you look at what's going to be in this report, it's a little bit more difficult to fathom that we could get something that was a big enough surprise to really change these dynamics. But that's always a possibility as well. Before we jump into weather, I want to jump back to China because there, Ireland, is a lot of time between now and the 27th of March. 
when this next round is supposed to take place. So the market kind of just teeters, wondering which way it's going to fall. Yeah, and we don't even know for sure if it's going to happen on March 27th. It's still lacking some confirmation on that. So there's a lot of time between now and then. And I mentioned weather stories tend to develop slowly. When you look at between now and March 27th, there is the opportunity for the weather story to become a story, so to speak. Um, If we continue in this current weather pattern that we're in right now with northwesterly flow bringing in the cold air and the moisture coming up from the Gulf, dumping more snow over much of the particularly northwestern half of the Midwest and and uh, instead of melting snow, adding to the snowpack. I talked to farmers at Commodity Classic, as I'm sure you did, three to four feet of snowpack and how long it's going to take to melt that in those regions where the sun is still not at a, you know, uh, as direct as what they'd like in order to do that. And um, a lot of cold air still coming down. It's going to take a while. I talked to uh, Joel Widener with Commodity Weather Group, who was at our meetings that we had in uh in san diego excuse me in orlando for our clients after the commodity classic and he said maybe around the turn of the month we might be able to get a change in that direction of that airflow and pull more warmth up but it's going to be a late planting season uh later than what a lot of a lot of uh, producers would like at least that's what they're afraid of right now uh and maybe a considerable amount of flooding and So a lot can happen over the next few weeks, maybe between now and March 27th, and and, uh, change these dynamics. We'll have to see. And especially since here in Nebraska, we've got more winter weather advisories moving in, actually starting this evening, anywhere from one to some places talking five inches. So more snow, as one producer told me at Classic, you got to look at it this way, we're one day closer to green pastures. I keep telling myself that. That doesn't always help when we go out in the morning and it's <laughs> cold. And, um, but that that is the attitude that we have to have. And we know that the sun will eventually shine and be hot on us and uh, the crops will grow. So uh, we'll keep that attitude and and, uh, and uh, anticipate that we will get the crops in the ground. Well, you know, and it just seems to be... Uh a recap of what we saw in the 80s and early 90s and we have to keep reminding ourselves that this is only March and we've been spoiled the last couple of years. And markets know that we can plant the corn crop in about 10 days. That's the assumption today's equipment. You nailed it. Stick around folks. We have got more coming up. It is the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Arlen Suderman is joining us. Stick around. More is coming up in just a few moments here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Second half, still being joined by Arlen Suderman of FC Stone. We took it, uh, finish up what we've seen on, on the grain complex, and we were talking weather, Arlen, and obviously we're seeing a lot of snow. The snowpack to the west is a lot. Spring melt, there's a lot of concerns. We've had a lot of different meteorologists saying, heads up, it's going to definitely be a wet spring, and we're already seeing that to the south. 
We really are. It's It's been very wet across much of the south where they'd like to be planting corn now. Uh, Texas, for example, is 5% planted. They normally would expect to be about 10% planted. No, Texas is not, is not a major corn producer. But you look all across the south, the rains are, are really keeping farmers out of the field. Uh, and uh, they need to get their corn planted so it can pollinate before summer heat reaches the region in the south. So it's a real concern going forward. Uh, if you look at the weather forecast, it does show much of the south drying out in the 11 to 15 day period. And then lo and behold, the 16 to 30 day turns wet once again above normal precipitation. So we could end up losing some corn acres in the south in a year when we need to add one to two million acres nationally just to keep up with demand. If China doesn't come into the markets, if we and it does come in in markets, we need considerably more than that, depending on what they actually buy and ship. So that's a concern. And you look at the Red River Valley with the deep snows that we're seeing in the northern plains, uh, and uh, will that keep things, will that delay things enough? Looking at forecasts, we see some some increased odds that just about the time we get the snow melted up there this spring, we could go into an above-normal rainfall pattern. And so we could lose some corn acres up there as well. And all of those corn acres, well, many of them could end up in soybeans, which is the crop where we need to lose acres. So uh, weather certainly playing into the, um, the bigger picture right now. It's not being traded at this point, and we're simply watching see how long this pattern holds and when it will become a factor. How much of a slowdown are we seeing to barge traffic? It's causing a lot of problems. We basically have flooding from uh, uh, south of St. Louis. It's really um, maybe from Cairo, Illinois, south, where we've been seeing quite a bit of flooding. And then there's real concerns about when the snowpack does start to melt. How fast will it melt? Obviously, if it melts slow, we don't have the flooding, um, but we delay the field work. If it melts fast, we have the flooding, um, but we get into the field quicker. And uh, so it's kind of a catch-22. And, of course, when you talk about the the northern Red River Valley, that river can be miles wide, and that's some of the richest ground up in that region for growing crops. Um, But uh, you mentioned barges. We've seen an elevation in barge freight um, certainly be a problem in recent weeks, primarily because of the difficulty of moving barges on the flooded river and the wake uh, limitations so the, the, uh, we don't increase erosion um, because of the wakes with the high water. But, uh, yeah, it's a real problem for moving grain uh, at this time. Jump over to the livestock side, whereas it's a hindrance on the grains, it looks like this winter weather has been helping to support the cattle market. Yeah, and unfortunately, helping the cattle market means it's hard on that individual cattle producers, and it's hard on that cattle. We've had some uh, very poor pen conditions overall, uh, and that means weight gain isn't good. The very cold temperatures add to that uh, weight issue problem that we're seeing. We've seen death loss in calves for those calving in this weather. Um, certainly a lot of problems that have taken production out of the, out of, off the market. And so when you look at the decent demand that we have in the lost production, that's been what's kind of helped keep the cattle market up there. Cash trade this last week, mostly around 128 on a live basis. Uh, and so we've continued higher. We had a little higher 
slaughter total this last week than what we anticipated. So there's some sense that the Packers may not need quite as many head this week, particularly as they should have more formula cattle that they can pull from. And uh, so today's market was, shall we say, uninspiring as the meat sector kind of uh, got the downdraft from the rest of the commodity sector today. Pressure still there and developing for this hog contracts? Yeah, as we look at the hog market under pressure once again today, um, we saw some improvement in the two-day index. So we're starting to improve prices a little bit. We've got another packing facility opening up, starting to add a little bit more to the demand side. This market seems to be a little bit more optimistic that we're going to get some business with China um, with, uh, with the trade talks seemingly moving forward. Um, but overall, I don't think we're. I think we're going to be restrained about going too far too fast this time around, um, because uh, we know how quickly it is to outprice ourselves in this market. Well, lots of stuff to think about, especially as we head towards the expected and unexpected WASD report of Friday. What's the best way for producers to get in touch with you, Arlen? intlfcstone.com or over on Twitter at twitter.com slash Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the World Radio Network.